Oh, here we are for episode 4.1. It's a 4.2. 4.2. Right? Well, I mean, isn't it 4 and then 4.1? At least go to 11. So it's 4.11? <laughs> no, remember Silence app? He's like, he's like, uh, these go to 11, because you know, most apps go to 10, but this one goes to 11, so it's louder. And the guy goes, why don't you just make 10 louder? And he looks at me and just goes, these go to 11. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that in years and years. So one of the, the only cool thing that came out of my uh, brief time uh, in Delaware would be that while I was there, and I, I saw back in probably – Either 90 or 91, I actually saw Spinal Tap in concert. They toured. Um, I saw them. And then when I was at Delaware, Michael McKean, uh, who played uh, David St. Hubbins in Spinal Tap, who also played Lenny and Laverne, Laverne and Shirley, he came and did like a one-man show where he did half of the show just as himself, um, talking to the audience and answering questions. And then he went and changed and came out as the character from Spinal Tap played some songs in his guitar, and answered questions from the crowd. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. No doubt. I'm, I'm immensely envious over that. That was really cool. And that, you, now you know all the highlights of Delaware 1992, because I just told you all of them. Wow. Mm. It sounds riveting. So At least Delaware like, can... I feel like we need to get into, 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 a, into a specific uh, uh, genre of, of, of shows here um, okay. that, that we can um, we can both uh, really identify with because I can talk about Magnum P.I. but I don't, I don't have the Rockford Files background that you have you, need um, to, you really need to get on this because the Rockford Files is just outstanding well I feel like every time that we, we have these conversations I end up with like a lot of assignments of things that I need to do and um um, I don't. I just don't know if I can live like this anymore. So with with the Rockford Files, you'll find yourself doing things that he does. Like you'll find yourself eating more tacos, drinking more black coffee. Um, you'll find yourself wanting to wear more collared shirts with sports jackets. Hmm. Collar like uh, fully button down collared shirts, or like yes. golf shirts. No, no, like a, a like a fully button down shirt. Okay, but now like the whole black coffee thing, like I. I take just a smidge of cream in my coffee. Do you, do you think it's going to make me back off of that? I don't think so. Okay. So I can continue to drink coffee in my own way? Yes, absolutely. Well, when I, when I, I started binge watching the Rockford Falls back, I think it was 2004. And we had, we had just moved to Tennessee. And I had nothing to do. Uh, and so I watched a lot of Rockford Falls. And he just drank coffee so much. I started drinking coffee. So now the tacos, were they from like a taco stand or were they like? Yeah, that's, that's his favorite food, which has always been my favorite food as well, uh, especially at the uh, Winthrop Cafeteria when they had taco days is always my favorite. Yeah, yeah. They had good taco days there. That also, and their chicken and dumplings were also a favorite of mine. I feel like we might have made one or two trips to the Taco Bell as well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was um, – that was a nice staple for uh, for college students where you could get like eight tacos for 99 cents or something like that. <laughs> um, Love time. I worked at Taco Bell three separate times. 
I see this is kind of the thing where I'm like, why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> I worked at Taco Bell before my freshman year of college, after, and then in between um, uh, in 1992 when I, when I transferred colleges again. I worked briefly at Taco Bell all three times. Uh, well, at least two of them. One of them I was just done because I was going to college, but the other two just kind of left in a blaze of glory. I feel like the uh, the first one I knew about, uh, but but somehow, you know, I folded that over in one of those areas of the brain. Um, because I feel like we've had discussions about that, like, you know, 30 years ago. Um and which, which, by the way, I mean, have we started planning the 30th anniversary of when we met? We should, we should get that. There's a committee that has been organized. Um, well, I hope somebody other than Stu is heading that committee <laughs> because his efforts. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've, I've, I've really been disappointed in his work lately. I think the chairman of the committee, his last name rhymes with Monheit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I mean, I feel comfortable now that this is going to go off without a hitch. Or do Jack, Jack McCloskey. Jack McCloskey. Uh, Jack McCloskey. All right. <laughs> oh, this is great. So Jack McCloskey is like 70 years old now. Um I have no mental I have, I have no mental image of this guy. I can perfectly picture Jack McCloskey, unfortunately, in my mind. I, 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 uh, I have nothing. I, I can picture I can picture Chandler saying this. You know, I can also uh, picture a like you know reporter from the nineteen forties. <laughs> Get the hat on the like little tag in the hat yeah. to scoop on it. Yes, scoop McCloskey. Yes. I can see that, but, you know, I, I have nothing. I have nothing on Jack McCloskey. We're going to have to look him up and figure out where he is. Um, all right, so we were going to discuss the best sitcoms of the 1980s, correct? I think that was the original intent, yes. I, now, do I expect this to go in, like, a, a straight line? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but... Yes, that was the original intent was was that uh, it was going to be eighty sitcoms, and so nice. so so defining the eighty sitcom, I was thinking about this. There are there are some sitcoms that crossed the crossed over from the seventies into the eighties, mm-hmm. um, and some of those can can be counted as eighty sitcoms, while others cannot. And I think it's um, I thought about this a lot. I'm trying to think of you. Like to me, the Jeffersons will always be a '70s show. Agreed. Uh, and it went like '86, but I mean, I don't, I don't. When I think of the Jeffersons, I think of the '70s. When I think of Three's Company, which is a great show, I think of the 1970s. Agreed. Uh, I don't think uh, so. The so the, so I'm mainly thinking of shows that that started in the '80s uh, and had the majority of their run. And like Taxi, Taxi to me is a great show. Um, Fantastic. But I, yeah, it's one of the, the, the cast of Tax is Outstanding, but that might be best saved for. Um, I have to look at that. Uh, taxi. Taxi was. There wasn't as many episodes of ta- as Taxi as you think there are. No, there weren't. But. Um, and, and, but you, you do have a division with the whole uh, Andy Kaufman participation. Yes. Well, I, and I think Chris, for me, Christopher Lloyd 
Reverend Jim is the he's the greatest character in the history of television for me. I love I love Christopher Lloyd in Taxi. It's just outstanding. Well, I, um, I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. I think I think you love him. <laughs> I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's Doc Brown. Yeah, he's uh he's, he's Reverend Jim. So Taxi started in 1978, went to 83. I don't know why. I just for me in my head, it's a 70s sitcom, I, even though it, I guess it's. I would I would also spent... make it a 70s sitcom now, but okay. So, what about different strokes? Oh yeah. Okay, so then then you get into this question, because um, different strokes started in 78, and I think it went to 86. Yeah, it went to 86. Um, I would probably say that's an 80s show um, because that's when the, the bulk of that show I know this is kind of contradictory Taxi it's when the, that show became its most successful to me Taxi was its most successful at the beginning of its run not not so much towards the end or different strokes kind of built up steam probably hit its peak around 83 in the last couple of years were kind of not much mm-hmm. um, so I could count I could count different strokes as an 80s show what about Good Times? Good Times seventies all the way. I don't was that on the eighties? Good to me when I think of seventies uh, TV, I think of Good Times or anytime I need a payment. I mean, anytime I need anytime, a friend. Yeah. Anytime I'm not getting hassled and not getting hustled, and I'm keeping my head above water, making a wave if I can. Uh, good Times is on, on from Easy Credit Ripoff. Scratching and Hanging surviving. In Hanging in a job line. Ain't we lucky we got him. So Good Times was on until it was from 74 to 79. So definitely Good Times to me is like, yeah, it wasn't even on in the 80s. but And that's a show by the end of it. It wasn't nearly as good as it was at the beginning of it. Well, but and, and the other thing is, is looking back now at everything that's happened, not, not, not just to me, but, but in, in, in the world, I would even have a hard time classifying Good Times as a sitcom. Yeah, it, well, definitely towards if you watch Good Times from from the beginning, this first couple of seasons, especially to the end. Yeah. The end is definitely it's it's just a weak sitcom. Whereas the beginning, it, it, it you're right, it's almost a drama. Um, yeah. Like, but here's the Cosby Show went into the '90s, but the Cosby Show is clearly an '80s show. Yes, without question. I think shows like Family Ties had its complete run in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. New Heart, which is one of my favorite shows ever. New Heart, Cheers, Night Court, all those are, are contained with... Actually, Cheers would not be contained. Cheers will launch at least 93. Um, yes. Uh, it, that's what I was just Cheers was like 82 to 93, though, but Cheers is definitely 80s. Um, yes, I would agree with if that. If Night Court went to the 90s, I'd be surprised. Night Court Silver definitely spoon. not... Silver Spoons, what about that? Now, I'm going to guess. I'm going to look up that. Uh, I'm going to look up Silver Spoons. Um, okay, Night Court went. Night Court was on for eight years, 84 to 92. Silver Spoons, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess 81 to 84. That's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to say 82 to 84. Here we are face-to-face, a couple of Silver Spoons. 82 to 87. Wow. Really? I am stunned that that was on for five seasons. Because in my head, that was on for like two, five seasons. Yeah. It's 116 episodes of Silver Spoons. Well, um, you know, they had a talent in Jason Bateman. They I was about to say, the only, the only reason I watched that show is Jason Bateman as, as, as Garrick, his, uh, 
which which leads us into a great Derek Bateman show called It's Your Move, which is only on for like, you know, 22 episodes or something. Okay, so of these shows, all right, it's, I feel like we've named some real powerhouses. Yes. Okay, are, are there more powerhouses to be named? What, what, this is why I, I have like Golden Girls started in the 80s. Family Ties. Uh, I, I'm saving one of my favorites that wasn't on very long. So it's got to be it's like Cosby Show, Cheers, Night Court. Um, and depending on what networks you watch, like, okay, here's a good example too. Happy Days went to like 84. Happy Days clearly a 1970s TV show, which is even more confusing. It's a 70s TV show set in the 50s with clearly a 70s vibe in it. Um, so as, as big as Happy Days was, I would keep that in the 70s. Um, where does where does Laverne and Shirley end its run? I would say they ended its they ended their run around eighty three or eighty four. Um, I'm looking up that right now. I like Laverne and Shirley, but once that um, Shirley left, and and really once they moved to California, that was their jump the shark moment. Okay, now okay. you're going to have to explain that. You're going to have to explain that phrase to our listeners. Jumping the Shark comes from an episode of Happy Days where Fonz, the Fonz, Fonzie, played by Henley Winkler. <laughs> Arthur Fonzarelli. That's right. Uh, he, he, in an episode, he, a two-part episode of Happy Days, they go to California. He literally has to jump over a, a area. Uh, somehow, they never explain how underwater it's contained. Um, it's just like roped off from the top. And he has to water ski off this ramp and jump over this shark-infested waters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly a tie into the popularity of Jaws at the time. Yes, yes, but you, you need to. What what I'm saying is is you need to clarify to our our many listeners what's the what's the symbolic significance. The symbolic significance that. is is that with the point where you jump the shark, where you take it, take your show in that kind of direction to have that kind of moment. That means that after that moment is the downhill of your show. Your show has gone downhill at that point. You've reached your apex. If you've jumped the shark, that's it. Yes. Awesome. Oftentimes, that means a TV show has brought in actor Ted McGinley. Uh, and that's usually a jump the shark moment. <laughs> you can see Happy Days, Married with Children, Love Boat, you name it. <laughs> wow. That's rough. So Laverne and Shirley did, did go into 83, but to me, just... Laverne and Shirley, I think in the seventies. I think of Laverne and Shirley. Yes, I do too, because of the spinoff nature of, from Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which, which yeah that was a good show, and I would love to do seventies uh, at I, one time. I, I would almost say, you know, that even if a show spent the majority of its time in a particular decade, if it spun off from a show that was the previous oh. decade, it's still going to carry that vibe. It's going to have a hard time moving into the 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 newer decade genre does that, does that make sense yeah yeah um i i just yeah uh so all right so okay so hey, okay what, here's what, here, here's a weird anomaly too joni loves shachi clearly an 80s show right I mean, yeah, because, I mean, it's been probably none of its run in the 70s, did it? Uh-oh. Uh, it kind of faded out there, Scott. Sorry. 
No, that's all. None of it was in the seventies, if that's what you're saying. Yes, none of Jeremy Love's Chachi was in the seventies, right? Looks like we have some technical difficulties with connecting with Scott. So let's hold on for just a second. Hmm. Are you back, Scott? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right, Scott is here connected again. Can you hear me, Scott? I can hear you. I've I've never lost you. Okay, I yeah, it, you said not connected for a while, so I think you're asking the question about Joni Love's Chachi. Did it ever take place in the seventies? Is that what you're asking? I was saying did, when when it when its uh, pilot episode came on, that was eighties already, wasn't it? Yeah, it was eighties already because that was towards the end of the Happy Days run. So, so but but I still have a problem with moving that, even though it its entire run, I, I, I you know it's Joni and Chachi. They're seventies characters. That's weird, though. So, and that's the weird thing about Happy Days. Happy Days, like, it, it, at the end of, in, in this 80s part of Happy Days, let's say after maybe the 80, 80 to 81 season, like, it went that weird route where it focused on, like, Joni and her friends. Yes. You know, and, and when Ted McGinley came along, uh, you know, as, as the cousin Ace. No, was he an Ace? Was he? What was his name? No, Roger. It was Roger. He was, Roger. He was, Roger. A, he was Ace on Love Boat, um, the photographer. Um yeah, it, like he worked at the high school, and and I think when that shifted, it almost became more of an eighty show at that point. And then Joni and Chachi, I think, spun off of that part of it. So that's why I kind of think that way. I can spend a whole. I also, I also think when uh, I also think that Happy Days suffered when Arnold's became Al's. Well, it was always called was always called Al's, right? No, it was Arnold's. It was, a, it was Arnold. It was it was always called Arnold's, but then it was like it was Arnold's owned by Fonzie and Big Al or something like that. Well, may, maybe so. Maybe they never officially changed the name. But when you lose Pat Morita, <laughs> and he came back for like the last season, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, no, I th- it was the point. Their jump the shark. Well, they had literally they had the jump the shark moment. But I think the when when the old Arnold's burned down and they opened that new one. And it just kind of looked like a ski lodge with all that wood in there. That that never, never had the same feel to it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I so okay. So, but you said you said a minute ago that you had uh, there was there was one that you were saving. What I'm, I'm, you've gotten my curiosity peaked out. It's a very a very short run. Uh, one of my favorite shows was Bosom Buddies. Indeed. When when you put Tom Hanks. Uh, and it crosses over to one of my other favorite shows because there's Tom Hanks, Bosom Buddies is Tom Hanks and Peter, Peter Scolari, you know, dressing up as, as women to live in this, this, it was a hotel for women only. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever they came and went, they had to dress up as women. Buffy and, Buffy and Hildy with their names. Uh, Kip, mm-hmm. and, Kip and something else with their, with their, with their man names. Probably a show that would just not fly today at all. I think there was less than 40 episodes of it over two seasons. Um, great, great theme song with It's My Life. By Billy Joel, right, um, and just a very very funny show. And then Peter Scolari, after that, he went on to star in New Heart um, as Michael, Stephanie's boyfriend, and was fantastic in that. And then we know what happened with Tom Hanks, but that's just a a really good show and really good comedy with Tom Hanks and Donna Dixon, uh, who was married to Dan Aykroyd for a long time. She played Sunny, which is always um, Tom Hanks uh, was his crush in the show. Yes, yes, I, I I vaguely remember that. I don't, you know. As you said, it didn't last a long time, and 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 to uh, in the days before 
you know, streaming and, and internet and all of the access that we would have to stuff like that, you know, you missed it, you missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I, yeah, I remember watching quite a few episodes and, and laughing a lot um, at the outlandishness of it because, I mean, there was an innocence to the their cross-dressing that would be hard to uh, carry over mm-hmm. into modern day. Um, you know, with, with, with all of the political implications that those sorts of things seem to imply now. Right. Um, and they were, this, they were clearly men just wearing wigs. Right. Exactly. Close. Yeah. So, uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, great concept for a show. I, this, I really enjoyed it. Now, let me ask you this. So where do we put Mork and Mindy? Mork and Mindy was on from 78 to 82. Um, so where do you put that? I don't know what to do with Mork and Mindy. It's technically it's a Happy Days spinoff. Um, so, I mean, but, but by the, I, by when the... I, if you ask me off the top of my head, when I think about Mork and Mindy, which decade do I think of? I probably think of of uh, the 70s. But when I, when I remember... Mork and Mindy was at its peak around 80. So I, I don't know. Very beginning of the 80s. I guess you could put it in there. Mork and Mindy, though, was it's um I, I'm not a huge Robin Williams fan. I actually think he was a really good actor. But as a comedian, I didn't really enjoy him because he just was too frantic for me. There's just and that's why I don't like Jim Carrey a lot either, because I don't need a million things thrown at me for you to be funny. Um and it's I, almost I, like he's playing to your anxiety rather than your humor. Yeah, there's just so there's just there's too much. And Pam Dauber was really good, Mark and Mindy, and and when they had when they had their baby, and it was Jonathan Winters. Um, yes, he was a great comedian, and uh, he was like seventy years old, and uh, he was their child. Mm-hmm. I also remember. Do you remember a character on there named Exodus, who who had a hole in his head and he would pour drinks into his head? Yes. Um, it's just a. That, that was a, that was a pretty good. There just wasn't much to Mark and Mindy. Uh, definitely should have had a shelf life. Uh, and Pam Dauber's still married to Mark Harmon, by the way. Really? Yep. Wow. That's a that's a nice little tidbit of information. Does she still do anything? Yeah, the last thing I remember her on was a show in the eighties called My Sister Sam. Um, which I, if you remember that, do you remember that show? No, I don't remember that show. It wasn't a bad show. I remember watching it, and there was a she played she played an older sister, and her her younger sister was like a a teenager, I guess, maybe eighteen, nineteen, somewhere in there. And her name was Rebecca Schaefer, and I remember that name because Rebecca Schaefer was shot and killed at a very young age, and which stopped the production of that show. Um, and that that was a pretty funny show. And that was the last thing I remember Pam Dauber in. And that would have been what, around what time? That was late 80s, like okay. 88, 89. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> here's the thing. I'm, I'm noticing a trend in our conversation is I'm feeling like even though we were talking about 80s sitcoms, that the 70s really had the better shows. I, I, don't, I don't know about that because you, know, we, we, you use the term powerhouses. So you know, my powerhouse, 80s sitcoms, Newhart. Which you can forget about the first season of Newhart. Uh, you know which I'm talking about, where they live in. He's an innkeeper in Vermont with his wife Joanna. Yeah, the dream. Uh, yeah, yeah. Larry Daryl, Daryl, Stephanie, Michael. Um, yeah. 
Chester and Lester were the two guys. Like I think it was Chester was the was the town mayor. George the handyman. Um, yeah. You the first season of that it, that it never found its way, and and Stephanie wasn't in there. Michael wasn't in there, and Larry Darrell Darrell weren't in there yet. They had a maid named Leslie, and there's another character who owned the the restaurant next door that eventually um, Larry Daryl Daryl bought the restaurant, the Minuteman restaurant. Um, <clears throat> but Newhart was. Newhart was really good and really strong for probably six six seasons at least, I would say. Um, I love Family Ties. I think that show was hilarious from start to finish. Michael J. Fox at his peak. Um, you Not only get Michael J. Fox at his peak, you get him leading up to, you see him becoming Michael J. Fox uh, in that series. And all the jokes, you know, for someone not from the 80s, um, getting all the Reagan references and the Nixon references made there's to me, they're still funny. Mm-hmm. They're just good historical references that he makes about conservative politics, which is really funny. Um, yes. The only thing about family ties, I, I never, the character of Jennifer, the younger daughter just never really impacted that show. There were episodes about her, but she just never really, she was just kind of a leftover character. Um, yes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't her fault. She wasn't a bad teeny others. I think was her name. Just came dating. was really good. Interestingly enough, Mad Magazine noticed the same thing. Um, there was, the, you know, one of one of the things that Mad Magazine always did was to, you know, spoof, you know, in, any of the current shows. And when they talked about her, like um, it, when they her character in in the sh- in the spoof, it was like nobody even knew noticed that she was there. Right. Like she would be talking, you know, have the you know the dialogue bubble in the on on the page. And everybody would be like, did, "Did you hear something? Was that was, was was there a noise there?" Yeah, she didn't really fit into the dynamic, and I always wondered why they. I mean, for goodness' sake, Skippy was a better character. Skippy um, Handelman was a great character, and 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 Mr. Keaton himself was a great character. And I don't know what season it was. I could probably look this up. The episode where their parents go out of town and they turn the house into like a, a bed and breakfast hotel. This is one of the funniest episodes on TV ever. Yeah. There's so many great comments in there. And Mr. Keaton's reaction to that is just so. And Tom Hanks, um, he was on the two parter. Uh, he was Uncle Ned, who had a drinking problem on, uh, on Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually hits Alex uh, in one of the episodes. Oh, I don't know that I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that recently. Um, do you, do you was, also was, have was, all of those on DVD? No, I wish I did. I love I I could what Family Ties, New Heart. I could just I I love those. I and the Cosby Show. You have to take out. You have to somehow take out what Bill Cosby became. And it's so hard to do because we yes. love Bill Cosby. But at the same time, this is what I say about Bill Cosby: is I really don't want to disrespect the other people in that show who made it so great by just saying Bill Cosby's a scumbag. Let's act like that show never existed. He is a scumbag. He's a horrible, he's a horrible person who's gotten what he's deserved. But you know what? There's some other people on that show uh, that were did some great work there, including you know Felicia Rashad and Malcolm Jamal Warner, Lisa Bonet, Tempest Bledsoe, Keisha Knight Pullman. Am I forgetting? You know, um, uh, well, I mean, you got uh, uh, Raven Simone. Uh, uh, see so, that to me when when Kyle, that's Cosby shows jump jump the shark, shark moment. Yeah. yeah, when 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 Keisha got a little too old and they had to pull in another young kid, um, that yeah they were just that. Then the show changed for me about the family to okay let's let's focus back on Bill Cosby's ability to get laughter with kids, um, 
And then that's where that show, you know, it went down because the, the focus wasn't on the family anymore. It was on, it was on him and how he interacted with people. You got to keep your story strong. Well, I always found it interesting that there was no, um, um, Oh gosh, I'm not going to be remember her name. The oldest daughter, Sonia. Uh, Sandra, yeah, Sandra. Sandra. She didn't exist in the first season. She didn't. No, Denise was the oldest in the first season. I I, I, I may dispute this. I may say that they mentioned her, but she was just never around. No, you can dispute it all you want, sir. Oh, here we go. It's getting ugly now, huh? Yeah, I mean that. Just kind of... The gauntlet has been tossed. Do you remember Chuck Chuck Cunningham from the first season of Happy Days, Richie's older brother? Gosh. I mean, I feel like I don't. Yeah, there's Chuck Cunningham. He had an old it's actually in episodes. Uh, and they just kind of wrote him out. Wow. But yeah, Sandra came on later. Um, I, I also feel like we're not giving enough credit to Cockroach. Walter, yes, um, <laughs> cockroach is good. I do not. So, the actress who played was just, I think it was Justine. Justine, I believe, also went on to play Myra, who was Urkel's girlfriend of Family Matters, and she also died at a very young age, like maybe before she was 30. She had some kind of uh, cancer disease where she died at a very young age, but the, the this. There were some great moments. The, this episode about the Gordon Garfield shirt that Denise makes for Theo is outstanding. You know, where the, the collar is bigger on one side, yes. one sleeves longer than oh, the other. Fantastic episode, yes. Or his, um, or the, the moment where Theo asks his dad to accept him just for who he is and gives a long speech. And there's that pause. And up, up to that point, it's a kind of mystery. That's where the dad would say, son, you're right. I love you no matter what. And he looks at me and goes, Theo, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yep. You will try because I'm your father. And I said so. I brought you in this world. I take you out. Yep. Yes. Um, I always liked the episodes where um, the grandparents would come. Um, I think it was his dad, Cliff's dad. Uh, was Cliff's dad the one that was the, the, the white-haired um, – yeah, the mustache. Yeah. That was Cliff's dad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't bring her parents on quite as much, but they did sometimes. Sometimes, um, but his parents, his parents on pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, and I always enjoyed, I always enjoyed those episodes. Um, the, uh, the goldfish, so the goldfish funeral. Do you remember that one? I remember that from different strokes. I don't remember Cosby showed goldfish. Oh yeah, they buried. They had to bury a goldfish, and um, uh, Cosby, Bill Cosby, performed the funeral. Oh, was it like out back in the backyard? No, 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 no. It was over the toilet. Huh. And and there was all this stuff, and then finally Rudy was like, "Can we be done now?" <laughs> and reached over and flushed the toilet because she was all she had been all upset about this. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good one. Um, it's hard, and it's hard to ignore that lineup on you know with it was eight o'clock Thursday Cosby Show, eight thirty Family Ties, nine o'clock Cheers, nine thirty Night Court. You can't beat that two hours of TV ever. Nah, you never will be able to. Now, now, 
Cheers is something that that I also now could still go back and immerse myself in pretty easily. Um, yeah, Cheers is still good. Uh, you know, and and Cheers, even when they did major character changes, they they it it never really affected the show that much. You know, you talk about bringing in Ted McGinley. Um, they never they never had a Ted McGinley moment. Um, I had characters that I preferred over the years to others, but like the transition when Coach died from Coach to Woody, I mean, Woody was awesome in that role. It was, it was, it was seamless, yeah. It was almost like he was meant to be in that role at that moment. Um, the nonsense that was Diane transferring to the nonsense that was Rebecca was, was I mean, I have my preferences there, but, but it was very, it was very well done. Yeah, I, I think that I think that uh, the show had a much more serious feel with uh, with um, Diane Chambers in it, yes. um, which I, I thought she kind of brought everything down. I, I was having this conversation with Brandy today about how I feel like when when they brought Rebecca Howell into the show, it actually expanded the character because she didn't take all of Sam's focus; she was some of it. And then we got to know Norm and Cliff better. Um, yeah, even Paul sat at the other end of the bar. Um, there's that old. It was the, the, there's an older guy too. I don't remember his name. Who was always down there? He'd make some kind of snide remark once an episode. Um, it was. It was. It just. It, it was like it opened up at that point, uh, and the show became much funnier. And you can see it. Like you can. You can. You can feel it from that first episode. And I think that's that first episode is the episode where they uh, they make up a drink called the Screaming Viking. Yes. Uh, and you want those cucumbers bruised? Slightly. <laughs> they just. <laughs> Taps it on the bar. Uh, th- yeah, that was the first one where the corporation owns the bar, and from that point on, it just became a much more fun show. Well, but then, I mean, but then they tie they tie it back again and nicely with the last episode, where you know with Sam possibly getting back to it with Diane again. Yeah. Well, I think that no, I mean, don't they decide that that's just not going to work? Right, and then he ends up going back to the bar. But the, yeah. the, 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 to me, that's kind of the way the series was. It almost like you know, it, it would take him back to like a more serious turn. But then he realizes, no, that's not what I want. I'm just going to stay where I am. Well, and I don't think that anybody should ever underestimate the contributions that George Went and John Ratzenberger made to that show. Yeah, and that's why I like that. I feel like when when Shelley Long left the show, those two characters came out more. Yes. Yes. Instead of being just kind of like a, a one joke know-it-all or one joke about Vera, um, they, yeah. they were just more, we learned more about them. They are more fun to be around. I love the episode where Vera comes and she's sitting on the steps outside the bar and he's like, no, nah, she'll go away sooner or later. See, look, there she goes. <laughs> that's all we ever saw of Vera was her legs, her ankles. Uh, it was much like, much like Wilson on Home Improvement. Yep, that's right. Tells you, Cheers was very much like um, Three's Company, where Three's Company really only had what two sets. Cheers basically had the bar, and they had the office. And every once hey. in a while, they'd go into the pool room. Right, but that's what and like you know, Three's Company was like. They had like the apartment, mm-hmm. which included maybe you went to a bedroom, but you know, maybe you went to Mister Furley sometimes, or the Beagle was the other one. But like it really took it yeah. took place basically in one spot because it was a character driven show. Yes. Yes. And that character driven show, 
That's a, I feel like you learned that term somewhere in some sort of research. <laughs> That's from my own crack research. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we certainly, tell- we certainly didn't get it from Stu. <laughs> Stu has not come up at all here. Speaking of which, I need to make sure Stu's in bed in about four minutes. Yeah. Well, so does that mean we've reached the point where uh, we talk about Mike Schmidt? Yeah, go ahead. Bring up Mike Schmidt. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll come back to we'll come back to we'll we'll have to do another episode. We'll have to go into seventies. We'll have to do a transition from seventies and eighties sitcoms, and and just kind of talk about that, and then wrap it up with some nineties stuff too. Um, go ahead. What's, what's your Mike Schmidt trivia for tonight? Let's see. What is my Mike Schmidt trivia tonight? Um, and I do not look up these answers when you ask them. Let's see. Well, you know, I feel like there should be some sort of um, some sort of uh, uh, you know that if I'm going to do Mike Schmidt with you, that there should be something that you do with me. Um, and uh, so, there, you know, it's like it's 1991 all over again. It's all about you, right? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't say for sure. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go with something, something uh, relatively basic tonight, um, as we talk about uh, Michael Jack Schmidt. Um, we all know, uh, you know, all of our listeners know now uh, that Michael's middle name is Jack, which mm-hmm. is you know. You know, you, you shed that light uh, last time. Let's see. We're going to go with tonight. Tonight. We know that he won the MVP three times. Okay. Um, we know. Did, did we know that? Was that was that a given? I was assuming that. You I knew. think so. It was it was like it was like 80, 86. Six, I think, or eighty-seven. I can't remember. Eighty, eighty-one, eighty-six. Okay. Okay. I always forget eighty-one. Okay. So let's see if you can tell us tonight how many All-Star games was he selected to. I'm gonna go twelve. Ladies and gentlemen, he continues to amaze and astound. It is 12. It It is 12. It is 12. So, now, would would you like to go for Double Jeopardy and name the years? No. If I had to guess, I would go like 77 to 89. (laughs) Uh, no, it wasn't quite that that fluid. There was some, there was some, there was some choppiness here to uh, to Michael Jack. Um, it would be seventy four. He missed it in seventy five, but he was in there in seventy six and seventy seven. Missed it in seventy eight. Was there hmm. from seventy nine to eighty four. Missed it in eighty five, and then was on from eighty six to eighty nine. Okay, so. But that was in that 12. You knew that. 
right? I, I believe that he played in the All-Star game. He retired in 89 in May, uh, and then he still played in the All-Star game uh, that year. Well, he was in, an all, he was in the All-Star game in 89. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy. How, how did that even work? He was just, he was on the ballots. They kept him on there and the fans voted him in. That's amazing. So as you know, I, I spent, you know, I spent a good portion of my freshman year in your dorm room, which I can probably name most of the contents of it. Um, however, I don't recall maybe the one or two times you ever set foot in my, my, my first dorm room with my first roommate. Uh, who shall remain nameless, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Can you name one? Can you name one thing hanging on my walls of my dorm room? Well, in 1991. To be fair, you were as anxious to get out of your dorm room as <laughs> as as I was to avoid it. That's true. So I feel like there was was there a uh, a a standard uh, issue uh, Philadelphia Phillies pennant? No, there was not. There was not. Hmm. Yeah, I'm at a loss. <laughs> All right, so there was the I had a I had a Pink Floyd poster. Uh-huh. Of of which, uh, which, which album? Uh Momentary Laughs of Reason. Okay, sure. So the beds. I had uh yeah, that's right. That's what it was like a field of beds. Yes. Um and I there's a I had a, a Phil Collins concert poster which Rob quickly uh uh railed me on and and left the walls pretty quickly um i had a nolan ryan poster i had a brett hull poster uh had several pictures of pete rose so i was a big fan of his mm-hmm. and as and as my treat to you scott i i don't know i don't think i sent this to you i have actually have a picture i found of my dorm room uh of that wall that I will send to you shortly. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Because my parents took pictures of everything back then, including that. I'll have to figure out so what's, what's your area of uh, expertise. I'm trying to think what I could quiz you on. I'm pretty good with the United States Constitution. <laughs> Tell me about Article Seven. Um, I'm I'm actually um, let's see, I could do uh, I I can do fairly well in most U.S. history. Um, uh, particularly uh, presidents. Um, uh, most things war related. Um. I know my Lord of the Rings. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what happened to Wormtail? Wormtongue, sorry, Wormtongue. Oh, my word. He was banished from, well, eventually he was um, killed by uh, Saruman. Well, it depends. Are we talking about the book or the movie? Ah, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. As I'm scrolling through, I came, I came across a picture of Mon Height. I'm scrolling through here, uh, one that I sent you. I can't wait to see that one. 
it's not quite as good as it's not quite as good as the fruit brute fruity yummy mummy comparison but you know it is what it is oh wait why did uh kevin what happened here i thought it was uh, if you'd like a picture of rick flair i can put that in there too i've got plenty because who did oh <laughs> i can also i can also talk um 80s 90s early 2000s wrestling Okay, yeah, that's we definitely need to. That was our conversation that, that initiated the whole podcast idea. I mean, we need to talk wrestling. We do. Well, we just we just started watching the series Glow last night, which is really good. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, have you seen the Netflix series? It's it's a fictional version of how that got started. No, never seen. Is it? But, but did they use the characters like from the eighties? Pretty much. Do they change their names? Yeah, slightly. You'll you'll definitely be able to see like because I was watching on Sunday and I'm like, oh, okay, I know who this would be. I know who this would be. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if there's no Wendy Richter, I'm not watching. <laughs> well, Wendy Richter wasn't in Glow though. She was just WWF. I thought she was in the original one. No, she wasn't in Glow. Okay. All right. In fact, when Wendy Richter's uh, peak in WWF would have preceded Glow. When she took on the fabulous Moolah? <laughs> That's about, you can't say one without the other, can That's you? That's right. You really can't. You really can't. So, okay. So, we're, we're calling this a wrap. We are. Thank you to Lilford's and uh, President of Creation, T-shirts and paraphernalia, Listerine. Uh, the, the fine makers of Substation 2 sandwiches. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, we'll, uh, we'll look for you on the next episode. I, th- I think that Substation 2 is now going to be one of our locations of a podcast. Yes. Yes. But Lilford's, Lilford's has to be the anniversary episode. Absolutely. So you've got to figure out how you're going to make the trek up here in, in – in the late in, in in the early fall, which is technically the late summer of 2021, I, I envision us sitting at Lilford's. It's got like the big banner in front of our table. Yes, and we've got the the old style microphones on the table yes. as we're as we're podcasting. Yes, and we're both wearing Jack McCrossy. <laughs> we're both wearing those hats. Jack McCrossy. All right. Uh, all right. Good. All right. So have a good week, my friend. You do the same. We'll, uh, we'll... Sign it off. All right. Well.